0: Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You're listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Steph, we have lots to talk about today with everything going on with COVID and Major League Baseball, the success of the NBA bubble, and we had a team clinch a number one seed last night. And of course... Friday Night Lights. We will be talking a little bit later about the episode, Little Girl, I Want to Marry You. I got to say, the titles of these episodes are fantastic.
1: <laughs> Definitely. I agree.
0: Yeah. They're just so much fun and they just get better and better. Um, and this episode is a, a very interesting one because it's going to have, it's obviously a, a big deal. Things, Some big things happen this episode and then some little things happen that have uh, bigger implications for episodes to come. So We will discuss that in a bit. But first, let's talk a little Major League Baseball. Last week, we talked about the Marlins and what happened there with all of the positive coronavirus tests and how many of their games got postponed. It came out, of course, later in the week and into the weekend that many of the Marlins players were perhaps not following protocols. There were rumors that they were in the hotel bars, et cetera, et cetera. Derek Jeter, you guys will know why I'm starting to laugh in a minute. (laughs) Not it's not it's not funny funny but uh, Derek Cheater had a video message yesterday and he said that the three issues were one of the players went out for milk, one went for right. coffee and one went to a dinner at someone's house and I don't know what it was about milk like coffee I gotta be honest guys I get it like I uh, can't yeah. even I can't even say like good morning to my dogs without coffee so like I get it the milk for some reason Steph I just started laughing. I couldn't help myself. I,
1: the whole thing is hilarious. I, I I thought the whole thing was bizarre. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it was funny. It was funny. And I saw your tweet about
0: it and I cracked up too, because it's like, really, Derek? Well, <laughs> I'm really glad that you laughed because so guys, if you missed it, my tweet was milk, it does a body good, except in this case. And I and as I was writing and I was like, is this poor taste? But then I was like, no, it's not. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. And I'm going to go ahead and do it Um, because I tend to I tend to err on the side of funny and not poor taste. So I felt confident (laughs) in my judgment on that one. Um, So there was that. Oh, the other thing we are going to have to discuss, speaking of potential poor taste, even though it's like a week old. We will talk about my good friend Joe Kelly just briefly, guys. I promise I won't go too into it, but oh, I, must. I know. But I was I must. right after we recorded last week, right that after happened. we recorded last week, <laughs> that night. It was a week ago, and so we'll get into that. But first, I digress. First, we will get back to the COVID nineteen of it all. So that is what's going on with the Marlins. Apparently, lots of people in baseball were upset with them, but according to Jeter, it was the milk the coffee, and the dinner at someone's home. What I was actually wondering, and I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to answer this, was he getting milk for his teammate's coffee? That's my oh. question. I feel yeah. like I would accept that. Like, I'd be like, oh, he was just being a nice teammate. He's like, oh, I forgot to get milk for my coffee. No problem. I'll run out and get it for you. Um, I don't know. So there's that. But then uh, in the Central, we have the St. Louis Cardinals who just this morning before we started – uh, recording Yadi Molina said that he is one of the St. Louis Cardinals to test positive for COVID, but several of them have tested positive, including staff, which of course has led to the postponement of several games. I, I don't know, Steph. What what are you thinking about all this? It's tough. I
1: I feel for them obviously because I've had the COVID. It's brutal. And I, you know, so I, I automatically think about what I go, went through, you know, at the same time, they, they're pro athletes, but it does affect people. Like I just saw, you know, someone from LSU who was on the team that tested positive and he's lost 40 pounds and I'm like, oh man, oh I God. hear you because you can't eat. I mean, it is debilitating to some people like, and so my first reaction obviously is to feel for these athletes and these people because they're people. And then I'm like, Oh geez, I just don't think people understand how serious this is. And it's just not something, the idea here is not to get it, not to not die. I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's true. That's, it's like, we know most people won't die from it, but, but it, it's, it's awful. So
0: I don't know. I went a little high there. But <laughs> but, I, but I'm but i glad that you did because I think you said something really important that has been lost. The idea is not to get it. I think there is an overwhelming feeling of if I'm under a certain age, if I don't have a pre-existing right. condition and I get it, it may suck for a while, but I'll be fine. You don't want it coming from you. Who had it? You don't want to get it.
1: No, like, and even, like, so I was tested in March, which I know I had it. I I mean, I'm estimating I got it around March 10th, and I was tested on the 17th, Um, and I'm still dealing with some of the stuff, like, even, like, like, especially at night, I still deal with it. So I'm like, how are you going to be, like, the catcher, you know what I mean, and are doing, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, and, and, you know, performing at this level, you know, of a world athlete. And and be under the weather. I mean, I know people, you know, get, you know, it, but it, 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 I don't know. I just feel like people aren't respecting it enough.
0: I think that, but I think you nailed it. They're not respecting it enough. And I think, and I think even, okay, so let's say that it was just milk coffee and the dinner at someone's house. Let's, let's, let's say that that's exactly what caused it. And so that's, really telling. That means to a grocery store, a convenience store, a coffee place and going to someone's house. The thing is, if you go to have dinner at someone's house, that's obviously better than going to a big party or maybe going to an indoor restaurant or et cetera, but you are taking a risk. And 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 it's unnecessary. And if you are a major league baseball player and you know, this is going on and you have a team of people that depend on you, to make the decision, well, I'm going to go to someone's house for dinner. Let's say there are three or four people at that dinner. The thing is, you don't know what those three or four people have been doing. And listen, we're all taking probably sure. some, un- even the most cautious of us, uh, me right. included, are probably taking some unnecessary risks because you do hit a point where you're saying, I'm going to be as cautious as possible. I'm going to live my life, but I'm going to be as cautious as possible. And I would say I I am on the spectrum of people who's like who are very, very cautious throughout this. But, you know, sometimes you take minor risks, but you have to think about that. And even, um, you know what, even about two months ago, when restaurants opened here in Los Angeles, very briefly, um, they're, they're open <laughs> outdoors now, but they were open all around very briefly. There was an open air restaurant that um, three friends of mine were going to, three friends that I know very much what their quarantine situation is, you know, how right. careful they're being, et cetera. They invited me to go. Like I said, it was an open air restaurant. And I was like, you know what? I am going to go. Um, and I made that decision to go. But I was supposed to see a good friend for an outdoor social distance visit the next day. So I said to her, just so you know, I've been invited to go to dinner. You and I have had plans. I want to see you, you know, outdoor social distance masks, the whole thing. but I want to let you know this. And she said, I completely understand. I appreciate you letting me know. I'm still comfortable. And that's the thing. That's what you have to do. But if you're on a team of 25 guys traveling in your region to play baseball, you actually don't get that luxury because you can ask all 25 guys if they're comfortable. But if one of you gets it, like you're messing up. It's much bigger than just you. And I think I just think people are not respecting it, and you nailed it with that. Like, we have to be cautious, and you have to respect the virus, unfortunately. You have to respect, in this case, your teammates. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see what happens with the season. I mean, as of now, it's still going on. However, we just don't know what is going to happen with the season if this continues to be a problem and if players continue to not take it seriously. And actually, I think at this point, I would hope that everyone will take it seriously, but will it be too late? Has there already been, you know, too much that's happened? So I don't know. Do you have any predictions for me? You know, I love asking predictions that there's no way you could know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's no way. Um, I, I think because baseball's outdoors, they have a better shot, you know? Um, At the same time, you know, and and I do hope that they've learned their lesson. I mean, it just takes one team to kind of screw it up. And at first I was like, hey, well, why don't you just um, have those teams forfeit their matchups? You know, but then I thought about it and I'm like... Yeah, as much as I would want to punish that one team and not the entire league, you're going to give free wins to, you know, whoever happened chance to be there, you know, against them, that team. So you can't, it's it's complicated. It's not something that is just super, super simple. So, you know, it, it, it takes buy-in from every single player in the league, you know, it takes that buy-in mm-hmm. and if they don't do it, they're essentially messing it up for every single team. And I and I think that needs to be conveyed and I think it has been, but it's just you know it, you know it's new life in this covid age, you know, we have to learn to be different. And I, I you know I get you know the you know being you know in, in lockdown and not being able to do that and this and getting, you know, cabin fever, but at the same time I mean people's lives are at stake and I think respecting this virus and buying into the precautions it's absolutely necessary, especially if you want sports and this is their livelihood. So they do. So, you know, it's just, that's what it's going to take. And that's sacrifice. And yeah, it's milk, it's coffee, it's whatever, but there's other ways to go around it. So, yeah.
0: Well, they're staying in a hotel. I mean, you could obviously right. order room service, <laughs> milk and coffee. Something tells me it's in the team budget for you to I get agree. a coffee and milk from room service. and. You're right, they need to buy in, and in theory they have, but it doesn't feel like there was a great job done before the season started at making sure protocols were going to be followed. And that may be where Major League Baseball falls. You know, that may be where they falter. Is it too late? We'll see uh, if the Cardinals, you know, if the Cardinals recover quickly, if the team they played last didn't, you know, catch it um we'll see what happens but you know i don't know that major league baseball did the most stellar job at the beginning of this and going into it um we look at the nba and obviously they're in a bubble but the nba is making a great case that a bubble is the only way this is gonna work right now and they've had tremendous success in the bubble everybody bought in. I mean, that's a thing that doesn't feel like with baseball and baseball was like a hot mess through this whole thing because <laughs> there was like the constant going back and forth between the players and the owners and, and the owner, it was just like such a, uh, the hot mess really, I think is the best way to say it. And it felt like they came to a conclusion and then they were like, great, now we're getting started. See you right. at summer camp in two weeks, which would work if really everyone was had bought in and it just doesn't feel like everyone did. And somehow the NBA was able to do it. They've had, they have really good leadership among the players. I think they have a stellar commissioner and that of course makes a huge difference. And with the bubble, I mean, it's almost harder in a way to get people to buy into the bubble because it's a fair amount of time, yeah. without your family. It's not until second round of the playoffs that you could even have anyone come and It's, I think, three people. So it's not like, I think that's harder than saying to a baseball player, when you're home, you get to be with your family. Yeah, I mean, 100%. It, to, yeah. It's,
1: it's, and yeah, it's 100%. Ahead, I mean, like just, just what you said. I mean, uh, you know, I think about you know, why I think the NBA has been so successful is so they've been extremely strict. There's a hotline you can call if somebody's not, yes, you know, following, <laughs> like, yeah, the rules or whatever. And we, you know, we laugh, and we joke, but it's they're taking it seriously. And so if you make certain things mandatory, like this is not up for discussion, this is not up for any kind of interpretation, this is what we have to do, it either takes that or or total buy-in. So the NBA, there's people on the NBA that don't even, that think, you know, believe in conspiracy theories, which is hilarious, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're forced to just like everyone else to obey the rules. So it's just, it was no, there's no like middle ground there. And that's what I think the league has to do, you know, moving forward for baseball, football, everything.
0: And I mean, it's, it's obviously easier in a bubble. If you're not gonna have a bubble, I mean, maybe this is too much, but like then, you know, I think with baseball, let's say when they're home, you're in theory not gonna have someone at their house standing outside every day making sure they don't do anything wrong. Are you? Right. You're not gonna have people standing outside a hotel room, um, but but there's a lack of. There is a bit of a lack of. I don't know what I would call it, leadership there. Maybe it is leadership in, in my opinion, just because if someone is going out for milk, out for coffee, and to a dinner and no one's saying anything, then right. there is a problem. How there isn't someone assigned to the team or some a few someones um, that whatever you need. And I know they can only have limited people with them. But, you know, whatever you need, just let me know and we'll handle getting it in the hotel. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. It's We have a while to go. It's such an interesting baseball season, too, because with so few games, every game really matters. So these games that are being postponed and are going to be rescheduled as double headers, all of this stuff has like implications. Um, you know, is there an asterisk to the season? I think there's an asterisk to this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think everything about this year is one big asterisk, but if they're going to play and take it seriously, then you got to play and take it seriously. So we'll see what happens. And I think in terms of the NFL, I would imagine they're watching baseball very closely because it's the closest To what they'll be doing, because as we've said, the NBA has the bubble, the NFL is not going to have a bubble, right? So baseball becomes a you know kind of a test case for how it will work with football. But you have way more players on a team, you have a lot more contact on a field, contact. So it's a much more yeah, it is. I mean, it is a contact sport where baseball is is less so. So. We're gonna see, you know, what happens there, and um, we've seen numerous players opt out of the season, and and I don't blame them. I believe that the deadline now is Thursday at four p.m. Eastern yes. for players to opt out of the NFL. So we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, that's um, that's kind of what's going on there. Uh, in some like actual. Uh, playing news is that I'm is that a phrase <laughs> that I just decided to coin right now? in playing news. The Los Angeles Lakers uh, clinched the number one seed in the West last night. So, congratulations to the purple and gold, yellow <laughs> maze. I don't know, but <laughs> congratulations to them. Um, as an Angelino, I am excited about that. Steph and I are having. Or it's really <laughs> sports is really testing us. We'll always have the Niners, but between. <laughs> the Dodgers and the Lakers. It's really, you know, I, I ended up rooting. <laughs> I know. I appreciate that. And I think we, are, our friendship can transcend sports, which I really appreciate, but I did, by the way, in case anyone was curious, I did pick a side on Thursday and I rooted for the Lakers. So I just, Oh, okay. Cause that's who I grew up on I grew yeah. up on the Lakers. So I've decided to go that route. Um, I have a lot of friends who are Clippers fans, and for a while we had Clippers season tickets um, mm-hmm. as an adult, So I, but I always was still a Lakers fan. It's just for for a long time, it didn't matter that I liked them both, <laughs> no difference whatsoever. Um, they were never good at the same time, and there were even some years in there where the Clippers were really good and the Lakers were not, um, But so it never really mattered. Now it kind of matters, so if I have to pick a side, um, I'm going to go ahead. Well, I'm glad you made that team.
1: distinction. I think that's important. <laughs> so.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But I'm going to say now that should they play each other in the, the Western Conference Finals and the Clippers win, I will root for the Clippers against whoever they play in the finals. I'm, I'm going to root for the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, but I will not root against the Clippers in the <laughs> finals. Does that make sense? Because I'm from L.A. I think we should get behind our teams. So okay. That's, okay. That's I'm making that um, – I'm making that now, but I will be rooting for the Lakers to win in the Western Conference Finals. So that's my big announcement, guys. I know everyone's real excited. I really happy about that. Um, we will Let's briefly talk about my man, Joe Kelly. Um, because we spent so much time talking about it last week and then that night in the Houston game, I'm going to preface this. I do not at all agree with throwing at someone's head. I do not think that's okay. I don't support that at all. Uh, but I think Dodger Nation really appreciated Joe Kelly's theory and theory sticking up for the Dodgers. The thing is with Joe Kelly and Steph, you said this on Twitter and this was so true. <laughs> I mean, the man is erratic at best. I, I, mean, know. I want at best. He's also uh his temper's flair, I think is a fair <laughs> also a fair uh characterization of Joe Kelly. But he is erratic as I watched an inning last night. Well, I watched the Dodger game last night and I watched this Joe. I think I tweeted, this is the most Joe Kelly inning ever. He somehow got out of this inning where he walked the first guy on four straight pitches that to say they were nowhere near the strike zone is right. putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, and he ends up getting another guy base. Somehow he gets out of the inning partially because, um, I can't remember the name of the player, but tried to go home and Joe Kelly was having none of it. And then Justin Turner was having none of it. And they finally got him at home at home plate. But it was the most Joe Kelly inning ever. It was erratic at best. But, you know, he is a little bit of an L.A. hero. And there have been a number of articles written about it in the L.A. papers and other papers. And it you know, he's. We appreciate him. Um, He's still appealing that eight game suspension, which I do think is ridiculous, which is why we've seen him every night since he was suspended. But, um, you know, I I'm not going to lie to you guys. I ordered my nice swing bitch T-shirt last night and I am (laughs) excited to wear it. (laughs) Really, really excited to wear it. And I also think nice swing bitch is going to be my new favorite comeback. No matter what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah, I I had no problem with it because of that very reason. I, I don't know, like, I'm obviously, you know, I don't like the Dodgers, you know, with emphasis, but, yes, you know, I saw it and I, you know, I flipped over and I, I watched it and I don't think it was on purpose, but I don't think he was sorry either. And I get it. Like, I totally get his attitude, but it's like, dude, Astros, like, you know, Joe Kelly gets suspended for eight games and you got nothing. So like, I don't get nothing. that. Like, that's what bugs me the most because it's just so arbitrary and stupid.
0: So uh- I agree with that. <laughs> and this idea that like, well, they were given immunity. You know what? They shouldn't have been given immunity. That was also really arbitrary and stupid. And I know his feeling is probably if I wasn't going to get the information if I didn't give them immunity, but you can't give them immunity. Like you just can't. Like they cheated. So yeah. I just, as we I think know, I have real issues with it. Um, I think that's been well documented on this podcast on social media. <laughs> really, everywhere it could be well documented. It's been very well documented. Um, but I uh I had to kind of appreciate Joe Kelly. And he also gave us the GIF and the meme for the year. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that bad. look on his face was. So amazing. Whoever is running this Instagram that's not actually his Instagram is really funny. (laughs) It's really – it's not actually him, but um, it's hilarious. So check that out if you can. Uh, But uh, that is the, the Joe Kelly of it all. But it's interesting. He's been appealing that suspension now for a while, and we haven't heard anything. So I'm curious to see what happens I think they have to reduce it from 8 games that's ridiculous and the thing is with the Astros and this is of course been discussed for months but they're so arrogant about it they're not sorry there was this article in the USA Today last week with Jim Crane it, he sounds like he thinks he's the victim i mean i just yeah. can't. um and it's just it's just outrageous and but of course they're not sorry because they didn't really get punished so it's like a child yeah you know if you if you don't really punish them they think they can get away with it um and um well, it reinforces the, the bad
1: behavior like if there's no consequences yes. that's like a child i guess that's how i'm seeing yes, it, it. Is. you know like yeah, it it totally reinfor- is. you're all you're doing is teaching them not to obey the rules so that's you know i get why they got the immunity i get it unfortunately but that that was just a really bad situation so I guess the Give. whole thing just is terrible. It's, but I, I, terrible. I don't know if it's just the COVID thing because they bet the, the bench is cleared. Like, I get it. I get it. But I, you know, it's just like, but it's not fair. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. It's tough. I, I don't know who's going
0: to arbitrate that one, but that's a tough one. I would say, I get that he would get suspended, I think, eight games in a 60-game season. I mean, it's the equivalent of 22 games, I believe, in a 162-game season. I think eight games is ridiculous. So suspend him for two games. Suspend him for one game. Um, But I think, come on. And also, they've been watching Joe Kelly for years. And I know that that was part of it. Part of it is they said, yeah, we have been watching Joe Kelly for years and he has a bit of a history <laughs> yeah. of his temper flaring, but he also is erratic at best. He lets me forget, because I'll never forget the NLDS game five last season in which he gave up a double and a grand slam to send the Dodgers home. So, and he right. played. by the way, he was playing <laughs> for the Dodgers. So he gave up a double and a grand slam. So I'm like, of course he's throwing all over the place. He's Joe Kelly. That ball leaves his hand. And it's always like, this should be fun. (laughs) That's basically how I feel everything. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) Here we go. Um, So that is is my feeling on that. Um, All right. So with that. I think we will, if you're ready, switch on over to Dylan, Texas, and Friday Night Lights, Little Girl, I Want to Marry You. Okay. Um, so, big episode. This is the episode, and I, you know what i have forgotten from the first time I watched a show is how long, how many episodes, at least, that Smash was taking steroids without anybody knowing about it. except sister. Yeah. It goes on a long time. Um So, but no more. So his mom last night, well, not last night. um, I watched it last night. But his (laughs) mom in the episode is cleaning out his room. And she finds all the steroids and the paraphernalia. She comes, his mom is such an amazing character. I just love that woman. Um, Let me tell you something. If she was in charge of COVID, nobody would break the rules. Tell you that right (laughs) now. She's amazing. She would, nobody would break the rules. So she comes straight to the to school, to the locker room. She grabs smash. She throws it literally like throws him in coach Taylor's office. She thinks coach Taylor knows and he does not. And he is obviously in really, really big trouble. Excuse me. And not only is he in big trouble, but he's put coach Taylor in a terrible position. Terrible. Um, Cause it, it's a, it's really tough. And he says to Tammy, if I don't turn him in, what am I? It goes against everything I can I believe in. But if I report him, he's done. Like his whole life, in a lot of ways, is over. And he's like a sixteen year old, seven year old yeah. kid who's made a terrible mistake. You know what do I do? Um, and he and Smash have multiple discussions about it. He eventually decides to bench him and not tell anybody why. And they have a very big game. So if you guys remember from the last episode, they were waiting on uh, the results of a game to see if they had the opportunity to go to the playoffs but they had to win this game to actually go to the playoffs. So this was a really big, really important game. And I do think this is where coach Taylor and I don't know that I don't know that coach Taylor actually exists, but this is where he is not just a teacher of football, he is a teacher of men and he makes a decision that no matter what happens in the game, he's not going to ruin Smash's life, but he's also not going to just tell him, don't do it again and put him out on the field. Right. So, and he says to Tammy, I thought it was a really good line. He says to her, I can't put him on the field juiced. I can't do yeah. it. No. Um, so that's what he benches him and he says it's for personal reasons and he won't tell anybody why absolutely nobody. And that is the decision he comes to. He comes to the decision not to turn him in. And he basically says he's going to be benched until he feels he can trust him again. And they end up winning the game. They're going to go to the playoffs. But then in a really poignant scene at the end of the episode, he takes Smash to a diner to talk to him and tell him his decision, that he's made the decision. I'm not going to report you, but, you know, this is is what we're going to do going forward. And then he says, do you see the young man back there washing dishes? And he says he was number six on that list that Smash was obsessed with um about the right. top 100 high school football players and he never made it past his sophomore year and he says to him you were so obsessed with that list and so obsessed with not being big enough you made a terrible mistake and so it was a really good scene of course coach Taylor does everything right um I'm sure there are those who felt like he should have turned him in but I I did agree with the way he handled it
1: yeah it, you know it's like I think the rules are there uh, obviously for a reason but I think the And I I don't know if this is right after we just talked about the (laughs) Astros. But but I felt for – I really felt for Smash. And I felt like, hey, as long as he learns his lesson – And I think that maybe the difference is he's really contrite. He's really sorry, you know, about Mm -hmm. what – It's not just sorry he got caught. He
0: feels horrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a difference when somebody's actually contrite. I mean, you can forgive almost anything when somebody's sorry. But you, you know, th- that's I think the difference. I mean, I obviously think steroids are not good, and especially not for a child. But I, you know, but it, it was a stupid mistake, and he's a child, and I, you know, I, I, it is beyond a mistake. I mean, I get what the coach was saying, but it's just. You know, you also don't want to take somebody's life away.
0: Well, and I think that also is the big difference here. Like if we're, if we are going to talk between that and the Astros, which is a good, you know, comparison, I think the difference too is Smash is a child and it will, you will ruin his life. Like that would be it for Smash. He wouldn't be able to play high school football. No college is going to take him. It's now, it's over for him. With the Astros, you have a group of adults who made a decision that we are going to cheat and take away this World Series. And it's interesting because there's been so much discussion also among, like, is this worse than the whole steroid scandal in baseball? Um, And I think a lot of people do feel like it is. And I agree with you. I don't have any patience for steroids. I don't think that it's, it's good, especially for a child. But I think that is the difference. And so Coach Taylor, being the adult, can look at the whole thing and say, I'm not going to ruin this kid's life. Right. He made a ter- and the mistake was made too, because he's so desperate to succeed in the sport. And not that that's okay, but when you're dealing with a 16 or 17 year old kid in a situation who feels like it's his only way out, that he has this pressure to provide for his family, um, I think it's just a little bit different. Then and maybe you know I'm sure there are plenty of people who'd argue with me on it, but it is a little bit different than a group of adults saying, "Why don't we steal the signs and bang on right. trash cans and come up with the technology so that we can win and we can cheat?" Right. And so I, I do, you know, I think that that is where the difference line but lies. But like I said, I do think there are a lot of people who would who would argue and say, you know, cheating's cheating. I just feel like when you're dealing with a kid, it's just different. And he's a kid. He's still a kid. He's not. It's not even in college, not 18, like he's still a child. And I think that, um, you know, that gets taken into account, uh, at least by me. So that's a- uh, <laughs> I, you guys, I have spoken and the fictional character of Smash Williams <laughs> in my book is quite all right. <laughs> but the Houston Astros, not so much. Um, so it's uh, it's uh, interesting, but it was good. It was a really good episode. And I think, like I said, we it goes back to like Coach Taylor and who he is and the decision he makes. And he made the decision that was best for Smash both on and off the field. And the fact that he didn't put him in that game I think was a big deal. And he doesn't tell – Anybody? Why? Yeah, nobody knows. So I
1: think that was great, though. That and everybody went lost their minds because they didn't know what was going on. Uh But everybody wanted to know, and even Grandma.
0: So I was yes, even Grandma. (laughs) Grandma Saracen. Grandma Saracen was like, "What is happening here?" (laughs) So Um, funny. It's funny. Um, and so speaking of speaking of the Saracens and Grandma Saracen, Matt's dad goes back to Iraq in this episode which is hard for Matt, is hard for grandma. It's hard for Julie to watch. Um, And it's sad. It's, you know, it was probably the best thing for Matt's dad, but it's sad to watch. And it was, it's sad that he couldn't, that he just couldn't accept the fact that his family needed him. And I, I understand, we talked about it a lot last episode and it was, you know, he knows a certain thing and that's what he can do. It's just, unfortunate that he couldn't figure out a way to be there for his family but he couldn't and I think ultimately his family knew that was best too it's probably better he wasn't there but I don't I guess that is probably a discussion that you could go back and forth on a million times
1: yeah it it's hard it's uh but it, it it almost felt um to me like it was destined to happen it's like he never quite fit in and it wasn't you know the right comfort level and it's tough because you I don't know I I I feel for Matt, like, and it's one of the reasons I like him so much because it's like so much on his shoulders, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you can kind of see it's coming. It's just, it's, something's not right, you know? So yeah, I I don't know. I, I wasn't altogether surprised that he went back to Iraq.
0: No, I was not either. I was not either. Um, They do win the game, as I mentioned earlier. So they are going to the playoffs and there are a couple things well let's let's go to the party and then we can kind of go from there so uh, Tyra's mom needs a job because her ex-boyfriend was paying for much of her life uh, this is the guy that hit her and that right. Tyra put her foot down and said he's got to go and we see her mom struggle throughout this episode with think she still wants to take him back it wasn't that bad and it's really sad because this happens a lot with people in abusive relationships and it's It's really hard to watch. And Tyra really, I think as we discussed before, she really becomes the adult in the room and says to her, I can't watch you do this. And she says a very interesting line to her mother. She says, I love you more than anything and anyone in this world. I'm scared to death of becoming you. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting line. It's a really sad line. Um, It's kind of really incredible that Tyra at her age too can kind of see that. And know that about herself it's why she did not take Tim back Uh, and you know she had too much respect for herself to do so Um, and she and her mom are now on their way to Buddy Garrity's to apply she's her mom's going to apply for a receptionist position um, which Tim has gone and asked Buddy Garrity if he'll interview her and I just have to bring this up because I love the line Buddy says Tim you could not have worse timing and Tim says yeah I get that a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, How can you so not love Tim Riggins? It's like <laughs> I Just don't know if you could not love Tim Riggins. I love Tim Riggins. Same, same. So we should do one day we're gonna do an episode just on Tim Riggins and talk about I think when we're all done with hey. the show, Tim we're gonna have to do like an episode of like a Tim Riggins podcast specifically. Um and so but they get a flat tire on the way and yeah. they're having trouble changing it and for Tyra. It's so important that they change it by themselves, that they don't need a man to do it and that they can change it by themselves. So they finally make it to the dealership. It's after the game. There's the party and Buddy and Tyra's mom meet. And I think we can all see where this is going. And um, he says, the position's been filled, but let's talk in my office. I'm sure there's another position we could find for you. And here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it earlier and I was thinking about the term trust the universe. And when they got that flat tire, maybe it was a sign.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> know. A different job. Um, well- but
0: we'll see more in the coming episodes.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because um there's always this common thread that you can see through it but like doing things yourself and I think that's uh, and I don't I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here but like with Jason doing things himself, you know, and him finding mm-hmm. his own like sense of worth, like Tyra's mm-hmm. finding it. And I love that cuz it's like there's this theme but it's like these relationships and they're so different but the theme is the same. So all yes. of us even though we're so different There's this thing, you know, theme that you can kind of appreciate. So, you know, he's being disrespected, you know, so, you know, kind of by the whole wheelchair rugby, you know, being a hobby versus an actual job. And so Jason's got to stand up for himself at that point. And I and I like that. I like that about the show because you there's all these relationships, but you can really see the intention
0: here. And this episode specifically, Jason's being very disrespected by Buddy, who essentially sets Lila up on a date uh, with this guy who's in college at SMU. And he says, Jason confronts him and he says to Jason, she loves you to the end. Like she loves you more than anything and she'd follow you to hell. And do you want to take her there? And he says to him, can you have children? What kind of job can you get? I mean, it's a really tough scene and a really tough, mean conversation um and you know buddy's coming to it from a father but it, it's not not to shock anybody it's not handled super delicately by <laughs> buddy it's not delicate is not really his strong suit no and it you know and and jason at the end of that conversation he's talking with his his buddy and says you know maybe maybe he's right like maybe i do have to break up with her maybe i do have to let her go and live her life because i'm afraid i'm going to bring her down but at the end of the day, he decides not to do that. And then at the very end of the episode, he proposes to her, hence the title, Little Girl, I Want to Marry You. So that's where this episode ends uh, with him proposing to Lila. And we'll see how that goes in the coming episodes as well. But it, it is a good one. The big storyline, of course, is Smash. And um, it's a it, it, it's a really good one. And you just love Coach Taylor. At least I do more and more with every episode. Yeah. that Both of them.
1: They're like the people I, I would like to be friends with.
0: <laughs> they were, And they're really, they're who like a lot of these kids have. Yeah. You know, like for Smash, Coach Taylor really is a father figure. For Tim, Coach Taylor really is a father. I mean, I think for a lot of the kids, he really is a father figure, but she's, and she's kind of a mother figure. You know, they, it's interesting. And so, they become such an important part of all of these kids lives because they're just so integral to them. And, and for a lot of the kids, like that's who they turn to because they're the most stable people in their lives. And they're the people they really trust. I mean, for Matt, obviously he's very much a father figure. And as the show goes on, the Taylors become family to him and, um, they're a huge part of family and they, in, in a lot of ways, treat him like a son. Um, and It's understandable why, so uh, this was a good one. This was another, of course, another good one,
1: yeah. It, it covered a, quite a bit. It's like uh, playoffs, engagement, domestic violence,
0: doping scandal. Like, it's like, whoa, they got a lot in at those 43 <laughs> minutes. I'll tell you that they got a lot in, they really, really did. Um, and we'll. See how that all continues to play out uh, over the coming episodes. So next week we will move on to episode fourteen, whose title I actually don't know off the top of my head. But that is where we are in season one, which is very exciting. We will have an update on Major League Baseball. Here's hoping there still is Major League Baseball by the by next week when we do this podcast. If the season has not been called, uh, and I imagine we'll have some more NBA news and, of course, NFL training camp. Testing is underway. Uh, acclimation periods are underway. Uh, practice, like actual practices, will start in a couple of weeks. So, lots to look forward to, guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. Lots of moves.
0: Lots of moves. I'm excited too. So, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.